So hi everybody, it's Pastor Hetrick and I'm here with our last week of All Creation Sings, an opportunity for us to consider the gift of God's creation and our place in it. And we've been talking about lots of different ways that we see the holiness of creation. To start this day as we contemplate holy breath, I'd like you to join me in a centering breath prayer. So take a deep breath in, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you're like me, there's many things that are pulling for your attention, many directions to be traveling, and sometimes just being grounded in our own breath is a really helpful way of being connected, not only to ourselves and to the world around us, but to God. I remember years ago when our older daughter uh, was being born and I was in labor and it was a difficult labor and they decided to give me a spinal epidural to ease the pain and they gave me too much and a somewhat frazzled anesthesiologist said to me, well, don't worry. Even though you won't be able to feel your lungs expand and contract, if you can talk, you can breathe. Well, as you might imagine, especially after hours and hours of labor, that was hardly the calming word that I was looking for. And it made me really keenly aware of something that we don't often pay attention to and that is our own breathing in and breathing out. We don't pay attention until it is in some way compromised. How readily we can take that next breath is something that we can take for granted. So as these past couple weeks have gone on and we've been talking about all kinds of the holiness of God's creation, we've been talking about holy food and holy water, and today we're talking about holiness of breath. And whether we want to talk about it or not, poor air quality affects people's lives, our lives, and people all around the world. An estimated 7 million people worldwide are killed every year from the effects of air pollution. The World Health Organization data shows that nine out of every 10 people, 90% of people breathe air that exceeds the limits that air ought to contain pollution with all kinds of pollution, both from outdoor pollution, things we think about when we think about cars, we think about factories and industry, but also indoor air pollution. Much of the world cooks with wood stoves and things, other ways of heating and cooking that create indoor air pollution, from smog hanging in the air over cities to smoke inside the home. Air pollution is a major threat to health and the climate. And the combined effects of those indoor and outdoor pollution factors cause about 7 million premature deaths every year, increasing things like stroke and heart disease, 
COPD, lung cancer, and other respiratory infections long before we began to think about the current one that worries us with COVID-19. There's a lot to think about, not only here in this country, but around the world. As places are burning many, many things, not only for heating and cooking, but also for industry and clearing of land for more industry. Air pollution is a huge factor in this country as well, especially when you think about things like asthma. In the United States, nearly 134 million people, over 40% of our population, are at risk for disease and even premature death, even in our country, because of air pollution, according to the American Lung Association. We live with the effects of this. And though many living things emit carbon dioxide when they breathe, in larger quantities, carbon dioxide is widely considered to be one of the biggest things that we're struggling with. Cars and planes and power plants and other activities that involve the burning of fossil fuels and of natural gas. Carbon dioxide is what creates those greenhouse gases that we hear so much about that trap heat in the atmosphere and affect how our climate is these days. And there's a big difference between what's going on with the climate and what's going on with the weather on a given day, week, or year. We've got meteorologists in our congregation who can tell you all about that. We've pumped enough carbon dioxide into the atmosphere over the last 150 years to raise the levels higher than they've been for hundreds of thousands of years. Countries around the world are tackling various forms of air pollution, even in places like China, where they are making strides in cleaning up smog-choked skies from years of rapid industrial growth. And in part, it's because of closing and canceling coal-fired power places that are serving industry. In this recent pandemic time, as industry slowed, and as the number of cars on the road slowed, we were actually able to see for the first time that there were places around the world where you could see. In China, in India, in many places, in this country, in our large cities, it could be even detected from outer space, from the International Space Station. There's much to think about, and I know that this feels like a very large problem but there are places around the world and places here in our own country where not only are people dying, but their lives while they live them are being prematurely aged. And so we have to ask ourselves, what should we do when we think about something as simple as breath? William Law was an 18th century Archbishop of Canterbury and he once wrote in a sermon that God is as present and close to us as our next breath. As close as our own next breath. As we breathe in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That word breath in Hebrew is ruach, and in Greek is pneuma. 
That same word seen throughout scripture is translated as breath and also wind and spirit. The Holy Spirit in Greek is hagianuma. Surprising all of the images that we have in scripture. And yet I wonder how often we think about breath when we talk about God. All the way back to the beginning of creation, we can see earth and ruach, God, spirit, and creation. That word is given to us in images of a mighty wind given to us as Jesus breathes the spirit into his followers and that sense of the spirit's presence across creation. In the very first verses in Genesis, we see the wind moved over the waters. That is God's breath, pneuma, ruach, moving over the waters. The earth was a formless void, the first chapter of Genesis tells us. And darkness covered the face of the earth, and then a wind from God, a breath from God swept over the waters. We also hear in Genesis that God created humankind in God's image, in the image of God, male and female, God created them. In the second chapter of Genesis, we'll hear God breathing life into Adam and into Eve. God's breath. We are formed in God's breath. We breathe with God. There's almost a sense that we are quite literally breathing with God, God's very next breath and ours. Other places in scripture we hear about this breath. The spirit of God has made me, we hear in Job. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. In Ezekiel, in Isaiah, we hear in the words of the prophets of God's breath. In Isaiah, thus says God, the Lord who created the heavens and the earth and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to all people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I've taken you by the hand and I've kept you and I've given you as a covenant to the people and a light to the nations. And there's something there for us, I think, that God has called us, not just the people for whom Isaiah first spoke. God has called us in righteousness to be a light to the nations and a sign of God's promise. Rather than inviting prayer as part of imagining God coming into our presence, what if we see that prayer is being asked to see through God's eyes, as God allowing us to come into God's presence and God's breath? Imagine God experiencing the feelings that you did today and God breathing the same air that you breathed today. It's a different perspective to see ourselves and our life as a part of God's life. 
God breathes the same air we create in the world. Now, yes, God is already whole and God is already holy and God doesn't need our breath to breathe. But when we stop and think about the spirit dwells in us and we dwell in Christ, we are a part of God who lives and dwells in us. And we in God, each of us collectively, all creation, living in union with our creator. Do we act sometimes as if God is not the same as our existence? As God is somehow separate? I think sometimes we do. And yet it is in Ezekiel that we hear, the hand of the Lord came upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and placed me in the middle of a valley that was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, mortal, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and cause flesh to come upon you, cover with you with skin, and put my breath in you, and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. These words come in the 37th chapter of Ezekiel. In a place that looked like it was too far gone for even God's breath to do something new. Maybe we can think about our own time and say, gee, I don't know, this whole thing about the air is just too far gone. But then I remember that Jesus came to see those disciples after his resurrection when they may have been thinking that things were too far gone and that everything they'd placed their hope in was for naught. Jesus comes on the first day of the week and though the doors of the house were locked and people were afraid, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Jesus showed his hands and his side and said, peace be with you as the Father sent me, I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them the breath of new life and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is John in the 20th chapter, beginning with the 19th verse. As I think about these passages from Ezekiel, from the Gospel of John, and more, what if we, who worry what the future looks like, and think it looks like dry bones, can see that God longs to breathe into us new life and restore our breath? What if we who have received that life-giving breath of the Holy Spirit are being told it is time to stop retaining old sins and lean into new life and fresh breath? Stop retaining old sins. I wonder if one way to look at this passage in light of care of creation is God saying, 
If you let go, you can move forward in a world where that has been let go. But if you hold on, that's the world you'll experience in this life. There are many things that feel too large to tackle. We are given this holy breath. and We are given this life-giving mission to breathe together with God and with each other. And perhaps our willingness to breathe in a new way so that others can breathe in a new way starts by remembering that even our breath is holy that we are breathing with God. We are breathing with God. And God is breathing our air. That sure makes me think. So I'm going to offer a couple of constructive suggestions. There are more in the study guide, and there are many places that you can look. But here are just a couple possible ways to think about how we contribute to the air that we breathe. And Perhaps to start, I would say, remember that it's not just the thing that is directly changing the air that you're thinking about, but all that we do and all we consume relies upon energy. And in order for energy to happen, oftentimes the creating of that affects our air. So speaking of energy, one of the easiest things to do is to conserve it at work. If you are able to go to work at home, everywhere. Simple things like what many of us grew up with, which turn off the light. Do you really need to run the heat that high? Dress for the weather. Keep your car properly tuned. Make sure that your tires are properly inflated. You know, when you don't, your car doesn't run as well. And when it doesn't run as efficiently, well, it uses a lot more fuel and that creates a lot more exhaust. You can use environmentally safe products, especially cleaning products, whenever you can. You can mulch or compost leaves and yard waste if that still is a part of your journey caring for the yard. You can use a fan instead of the air conditioner. You can use a sweater instead of the heat some of the time. When you have to go out in your car, do you run an errand and then come home and then run an errand and then come home and Run another one? Or do you try to consolidate? Now, when I was growing up and I just got my driver's license, I was willing to run as many errands as possible so I could have more trips in the car. But we're not 16-year-olds with a new license. You can look into alternative energy solutions like solar or wind. Recycle things like paper and metals and organic materials and minimize what you can of using plastic. And I know that's very, very hard these days. You can use a surge protector for your multiple appliances and devices. And when you don't need to use those things, you can turn it off. If you still have a house, you can adjust your insulation. Do your laundry in cold water. Or if you can't do that, here's the life hack I learned recently. In spite of all those settings on my washer, the one that works the most effectively and is actually the one that gets our clothes the cleanest with the least amount of energy and we don't sacrifice anything is quick wash. Use a microwave or a toaster instead of the whole oven when you can. Plant a tree. 
if you have the ability to do so, trees are one of the great filters in our world. And explore green outdoor activities like camping and biking. And I know we're getting close to winter and hiking and running and those things don't seem like they're your cup of tea right now. But even a simple brisk walk to run an errand, we're just getting outside is a good way to choose environmentally safe and green practices. And if you're looking to go hiking, email me or call me and let me know and I'll be glad to go out to create a diversion with you and for you. And finally, if you have somewhere to go where you can pack your own lunch, do so, so that you're not making that trip to the restaurant. But if you have to go out and you need to do that kind of shopping, and the truth is we all do, local is always better, not only for the environment, but for our sisters and brothers who so desperately need our business right now. These are just a few things to think about. And as you're trying to decide, what might I do or will it really matter? Even a small thing is a vital thing. If all of us do small things, well, they add up. So other Teresa said, we don't have to do something stupendous. We can do small things with great love. And I know that my love for Jesus tells me that when I imagine that God is breathing the air I create, Sometimes it makes me think. Until then, I want to close with the words from a hymn. I'm not going to sing it today, uh, but I'm going to close with the words from a hymn. I'm just going to pull them up here so I can read them a little better. So I'll be looking up and away from you. Oh, breathe on me, oh, breath of God. Fill me with life anew, that I may love the things you love and do what you would do. Oh, breathe on me, O oh breath of God, until my heart is pure, until my will is one with yours to do and to endure. Oh, breathe on me, O oh breath of God, my will to yours incline, until this selfish part of me glows with your fire divine. When I think about those words, and I think about the things that sometimes I do that I know are not necessarily thinking of others, that sometimes I can be a little selfish and I think we all can. I hope that you hear that as joining you in solidarity with saying, sometimes this is really hard to do. And yet I know that our sisters and brothers, all of creation needs us to do what we can, when we can. The name of this Bible study was All Creation Sings. And I don't know if you've ever tried it, but if it's hard to breathe, it's even harder to sing. Friends, it's been a joy to be with you and just a couple of announcements as we're closing this day. The first is that this was the last in our series and we're gonna be taking the month of November off. There's a lot going on and a lot of us are juggling many things on the Grace staff. So we're gonna take a break from Bible study in the month of November, but we invite you to join in listening to our podcast. You can do that by visiting the website glcpa.org or you can do that by going to Pocketful of Grace. You can look that up on any of the ways that you listen to music and other things if that is the way that you do that. We have a Buzzsprout website that is our base and if you say I really just want the link for that let us know. 
Sometimes it's really easy to just be able to listen and not have to look at something or hold anything and just be able to start and stop as you wish and let words sink in. Pastor Shul and I will be doing that each week and talking about the lessons for the upcoming Sunday. This Sunday is All Saints Sunday, and we'll be doing both our parking lot worship at 8.30, as well as being on the radio at 10.30 on WRSC, AM, FM, or on your smart device. And this week, we will be doing something extra that is special. It's our practice to have First Holy Communion and All Saints observance together. And this year, we can't do it in the way that we normally do. And we are all feeling that right now. What we will be doing is having our first Holy Communion kids and their families in the sanctuary so we can record ahead of time their receiving of the Holy Sacrament in both elements for the first time. And we will be lighting the candles on the altar in memory of our 16 saints here from Grace and an extra candle for all those other saints that are in our hearts and on our minds as we toll the bell and we say the prayers and we give thanksgiving for their lives and their faith witness as we remember that we are in fact in communion with God and all the saints across time. And I hope that that video will be some consolation and comfort. We will be posting it on our website and making it available so that you can watch that on All Saints Sunday in addition to our regular worship opportunities. We're looking forward to doing it and hope that it will provide meaning for you. We'll be planning in Advent to have a midweek Advent short evening prayer service available for you, and more details will come out about that. Until then, friends, in all of these things and in all of the ways that we can gather, in person or virtually. Know that you are in our hearts and on our minds. You are in our prayers. We love you. We miss you. We can't wait to see you in person again soon. And please know that Christ is with you. Take care.